Gene Siskel calls it just another good kids, bad government thriller that attempts to generate some laughs. Roger Ebert says the main character is really cute, if cute can apply to a robot. And David Sterrett of the Christian Science Monitor says, It's all flat jokes, tired chases, and a vain attempt by Austin Pendleton to transcend the awful performances around him. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of 1986's Short Circuit. Which one will it be? Hello and welcome to Rune Childhoods. My name is Dan Wiener and this is my co-host. Hey, I'm John Richardson. And we are brothers who grew up watching a lot of movies. Um, and I just, I just want to get this out there. Yes, we are brothers. And if our mother is listening, the title of this podcast has nothing to do with us. Or our, our childhoods. childhoods. <laughs> we are talking about movies and um, this the trend of remaking, rebooting, making a sequel for a movie 30 years after it came out because it's gained a lot of cult popularity. Um, right. And, you know, we've had some we've had some really good ones over the years, um, some solid remakes and reboots and adaptations. And we've had quite a few of failures, um, you know, that have resulted in uh, people of our generation crying out and saying, you burned our childhoods. And, and like, I wouldn't say not all failures have done that. There have been some really good ones where people say that. That's it's true. That's, that's true. I suppose so. Or, yeah. or decent ones. Decent ones. Ones that we can say, okay, that, that wasn't bad. That wasn't right. terrible. But some so, people just get all bent out of shape about it. So we're here to talk about, um, in, uh, in the case of those that have already been done, rebooted, sequeled, kind of, um, you know, what they did right, what they, what we feel they, they could have done differently. Um, and for, uh, for movies that they keep talking about and they keep saying, Hey, we're going to make uh, a new sequel to this or reboot this franchise. What can they do to make it work? And, and, uh, you know, because of course we're experts, um, <laughs> on the, uh, on the topic being Hollywood professionals and all, um, we are going to, we're going to give out some free advice and say, Hey, maybe this is what you should do with this property, or maybe you should just leave this property alone. Right. Which I have a feeling that we're likely going to, uh, champion all of the, uh, possible reboot sequels and prequels, uh, because why not? We're going to find a it's, way to make it work. We're going to find a way to, yeah. to make it happen without ruining childhoods. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and all so, apologies, by the way, to people whose childhoods were actually legitimately ruined by one thing or the other. Um, yes, I'm sure the Ghostbusters feel very sorry for everything that they've done to you. Yes, those of you still getting over um, the, the Ghostbusters incident. So, <laughs> which, by the way... I'll never forget where I yeah. was. Yeah, oh no, the day the movie, I just... The movie theater. <laughs> yeah, or on my couch. Um, uh, but that's another, another story for another time. 
Yeah, because the story for this time is 1986's Short Circuit, starring the- Ali Sheedy, Steve Gutenberg, Fisher Stevens, and a friendly robot named Number Five. And, and of course, G.W. Bailey playing G.W. Bailey. Bailey circa 1980s. <laughs> Right. If you've seen Police Academy, if you've seen Mannequin, you know exactly the character we're talking about. He's do he has a whistle, he says move it, he does it's GW Bailey doing what GW he, Bailey does best. And in this one, he's wearing like an ascot under his like little military uniform. It's really confusing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you know we'll get into it, but I definitely spent some time watching it and thinking and thinking about it. Um, so, it uh, I think he's he's actually not official military; he's like private military. Yeah, he's like the private security force, right? Um, for uh, Nova Laboratories, Nova Laboratories, the yeah, the. the- the the uh, the creators of uh, war machines, <laughs> war robots that are uh, designed to blow up tanks with lasers. Oh, but they're called saints. Oh, That's right. Of S-A-I-N-T. course, S A I N T. So saint stands for strategic artificially intelligent nuclear transport. Saint. <laughs> and and um, what what are they actually? Tra- I guess th- are they transporting the nuclear? I suppose so. I, I think that some of the explanation for the purpose of these robots is that they can get kind of parachuted down behind enemy lines and then drop off a bomb and all is well, and except got, for all the people who died. Yeah, yeah, all the, the death and, and destruction. Um, and they have the, the weapons. They've got their shoulder lasers, um, which when they fire actually sounds like the Ghostbusters proton packs. Firing up. I did. Uh, I read that on IMDb that it actually is the same sound. I can't imagine it would be. That makes sense though, because on it, like I sat there and it, it took me a while to think of it, but I was just like, I know that sound. That's a specific sound. But it's and, interesting because they're they're owned by different properties. Because um, because Short Circuit is TriStar and Ghostbusters is Columbia. Unless you want to drop some facts on me. If I remember correctly, I believe TriStar was a branch of Columbia. Is that true? I'm pretty sure TriStar. I, was I know a, that TriStar is uh, Sony now. I remember there being a a TriStar Columbia home video. <laughs> that actually does feel familiar. Were they kind of side by side? Yes, the logos were side. Yeah, yeah. The, the the Pegasus next to the uh, the Columbia. You know what? Yeah, 1986. Well, no, well, 1987 and 1989. They were, let's see, uh, TriStar Pictures was renamed to Columbia Pictures Entertainment when Coke sold its entertainment business to TriStar for $3.1 billion. Both studios continued to produce and distribute films under their separate names. But that says 87 to 89. Hmm. I mean, I. it might have just been one of those, like, sound Because effects. Ghostbusters was 85? 84. 84? Yeah, but short circuit anyway. was eighty six, so it okay. was before eighty seven. I have no, I I don't know. We need to get some people from Columbia Pictures on on the pod. 
Does anybody, if I wish somebody was, was timing to see how long we talked about the connection between TriStar and Columbia and to see well, who owns which properties. You, you know something, there's got to be other because, people out there who think about this stuff and hopefully well, also, they're listening. For, for people who are listening, this is what conversations between the two of us are frequently <laughs> like. So yes. deal What's with that. What studios did it? Why certain people were contracted? Yeah, um, yeah. it's kind. That's oh, kind I of. That's, it's a thing of the past now. Well, it is interesting. I mean, like you know, the eighties were kind of the last decade of like the studio built stars. Like, I think almost every I think every movie Eddie Murphy made in the eighties was a Paramount film. Um, right, so he yeah. was one of those stars who was just associated with the studio and, and there's not really that system's kind of archaic now. Um, yeah, for better or for worse. So that is true. Yeah. All right. Well, well we were talking about short circuit, not, weren't we? We're talking about short circuit today. Uh, so before we kind of go too in the weeds on every little thing, I want to tell you the things that I liked about Short Circuit because we both actually rewatched it last night. Yes. Uh, and for anybody who wants to watch it to kind of follow along with what we're talking about, uh, Dan, you said that Amazon has it with ads. You can stream it. So, yeah. So, um, you know, because not because I'm cheap, but because it actually wasn't available to rent through iTunes or Prime, uh, but when I did a search for it on Prime, it does allow you to view it through an I. There's like an IMDb movie oh, channel, and interesting. Like, yeah, you just you know you watch it, and then every now and again, at a really random spot, oh, yeah. it'll cut in with like the same commercials that you huh. that you see over and yeah. over and over again. <laughs> On IMDb, it says watch for free on IMDb free dive. There's also, yeah. I watched it on a, an app called uh, Hoopla, H-O-O-P-L-A, that mm -hmm. uh, where you can watch movies for free uh, with your library membership. And I don't know if it's with every library or what, how, how that works, but if you put in your library card and whatever, it links to your account and you can watch stuff for free. There's mm -hmm. like audiobooks and stuff like that too. So that's how I watched it. And I got to say it worked great. Um, yeah. yeah. And I actually, so, I found that the commercials were actually useful because then I could kind of take a moment and, and write and kind of watch the movie while the movie's playing and then take the commercials <laughs> and say, Oh yeah. How about this? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I gotta say, I, I really enjoyed the experience of watching this this movie, uh, and I will also mention that I tried to see if my library had it uh, available, and there were three DVD copies in my city's uh, library district, actually county's library district, and all three of them are out, and one person has it on hold. So people out there are watching Short Circuit actively. And it makes, it, it, well, although for you it kind of it makes sense, because Short Circuit was filmed in this Astoria, Oregon. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I live in Portland. Dan lives in Seattle. We are from New Jersey, uh, just outside of New York. So uh, if we are referencing geographical things, then uh, you, it, that gives you a little bit of context. But I actually went into it not realizing that it was shot out here. Um, 
there are some parts where it's filmed um, in areas east of Portland, but primarily west uh, over in Astoria, which is also where they filmed Goonies and Kindergarten Cop. Two movies that I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. we're going to talk about on this podcast. Oh, I don't see how we're going to get out of this without talking about at least Kindergarten Cop. I still haven't seen the direct to video Dolph Lundgren sequel, but that's a conversation for another time. Mm hmm. Yes. Yes, it is. So, so anyways, so, um, the, the first in the, no, actually it would be the second in the Astoria trilogy because Goonies came out a year, year before. Um, but yeah, so, so short circuit, um, yeah, released in 1986, it was the number 21 grossing movie of the year. Um, and perhaps would have done better had it not opened one week before Top Gun. Oh Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Did you happen to see what came like right before and after it? I'm just curious to see what it beat. You mean like what? So what was still in the in the theaters at the time? Um, I'm not I don't really remember. um, I think actually, you know, you know what? I think we I think we had a little Gutenberg versus Gutenberg action. I think Police Academy three was still not not to get us off on a police academy tangent because that's going to be like <laughs> that could be a double episode. Um, that's going to be like a, a year long series, <laughs> uh, and, and that might also be the spin off podcast that I've wanted to do for a long time. Pod Lisa cast to me, uh, but Ooh. we we can get there at another time. <laughs> yes, but I, um, I think police so police academy three was probably still in theaters. I'm pretty sure it came out like in March of '86. And, um, so that you would have still had that in theaters, but, um, I can, I can tell you exactly. Uh, all right. So I pulled it up on box office, mojo.com. It beat pretty in pink. Oh, uh, and this is, this is for Sheedy versus Ringwald. Year. <laughs> Sheedy wins. Um, yeah. oh man, it beat three amigos. That's a little, and little shop of horrors and little uh, shop of horrors. Ac- yeah. Police Academy three came in 17th. So Police Academy 3 made more money than Short Circuit. I'm uh, just making that statement. Yeah, Police Academy 3 grossed total um, a little, like $43.5 million, and um, Short Circuit grossed $40.6 million. And this mm. is the total gross... Um, I don't, I, I'm not looking at all the very specific metrics, but that's just according to box office mojo and that's for the year. So that's not opening right. weekend or anything like that. So, yeah. um, just going back quickly to the talk about, um, Astoria, uh, the house that Ali Sheedy's character, Stephanie, uh, that she lives in was recently for sale and, um, it was, it was on sale back in June of 2018 for about 350,000. So it's not currently on the market. So I'm hoping that somebody out there is enjoying their new home and it's rich history. Uh, And yes, short circuit was credited in the uh, real estate listing. So I hope that that really drew people in. (laughs) I I would have, I mean, who knows picked up on that immediately. Well, there you go. There's Short Circuit 3. People buy the house. They don't realize je- that Johnny Five has since come back and he's in the basement and the yeah, kid and goes like, down and finds him. what's all this ferret hair doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Who's watching because, the Three Stooges? 
Yeah. Uh, so, so Stephanie, Ali Sheedy's character, uh, is kind of a, a perfect type of character to bring back these days because she owns a food truck and has like an animal rescue. Like at the beginning, she's on the phone with someone about taking in some snakes or something like she just brings in all sorts of animals that are in need of a home. And uh, yeah, those are like and, and she's also a bleeding heart liberal. You know, she is somebody who's very anti-war. When she finds out about Nova Laboratories, she is all up in arms. So <laughs> it's kind of a perfect person to kind of bring into the fold in 2019. She, I think, she, I agree. I think she would, I think that character, if that character were to remain a she, because I totally, like both of these, all these roles are totally gender fluid, race fluid. Right. I do want to mention though, I really like how in this movie, the main human character is Ali Sheedy's character. It is a, you know, a female is the, really the starring female role. Female protagonist. You know, when I think of this movie, I think of Steve Gutenberg, but you go back and it's all Ali Sheedy. It's like Steve Gutenberg is easily the like third on the call sheet if you're <laughs> counting number five. <laughs> I mean, yeah, all due respect to Steve Gutenberg. He kind of just like kind of Gutenberg's his way through through this one. Ali yeah. Sheedy's really doing the heavy lifting. Oh yeah, and she's wonderful. She's really yeah. really great. And uh, I mean. Just, I mean, just to throw it, like, to think about, like, we just kind of joked around with Ali Sheedy versus Molly Ringwald, but um, for actresses of that time, for a role like this, I actually... Actresses that were in The Breakfast Club. Well, actresses that were in The Breakfast Club, um, so that's two of them. Um, But I think, like, you know, the actresses in that that kind of age range at the time, uh, like, I don't know why, Mayor Winningham, that's a name that popped into my head. I think because she's in St. Elmo's Fire. Um, but I think Ali Sheedy is a great choice because w- like she's not that she wasn't like the kind of like demure, cute, like I have a crush on a boy, Molly Ringwald type. Um, you know, she's oh, she's always kind of had um, more of a strength in her characters. Yeah. And um, so I actually think this is a, it's it's a great um it's a great role for her. And there are a lot of actresses that I could really see um, today even take that role and and do more with it. Right. And I want to talk about this a little bit more uh, once we start talking about the character Ben. Mm. Um, Fisher Stevens' character, <laughs> famously controversial uh, more now than then. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Stereotypes also, were perfectly acceptable in 1986. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, no, I'm, and, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, absolutely. But um, And this was on the IMDb trivia where, and I, I remember this vaguely uh, from that time, but uh, Aziz Ansari had talked to Fisher Stevens about how problematic that character was for him growing up. And Fisher Stevens was basically just saying like, you know, I was just an actor who needed work and it wasn't something that was considered. It, and, and honestly, it's like that character did not need to be South Asian. Um, and the, the accent is crazy. And the misunderstanding of American idioms was also just 
unnecessary. But what's crazier than all of that is that 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 character was so popular, he was the lead in the sequel. Yes. I mean, also because Steve Gutenberg wouldn't do the sequel, um, which he actually well. says he regrets. Which oh, yeah. I don't know <laughs> if he's seen the sequel, but I have. And <laughs> Well, what's funny is there are so many things about when I was watching this movie that I realized I... I thought that I remembered, but I actually remembered from the sequel, uh, such as like the name Johnny five, you know, he says at the very end that he wants to be called Johnny because but his like, inspiration, his musical inspiration is Elda the magic Barge. of Elda Barge. Yes. Right. Which is so good. I, I love that song and I love it's, uh, it's weird Al parody. I love the Weird Al parody, <laughs> and and if if the reboot ever happens, um, we need to get uh, the BTS to do the to do the cover of Who's Johnny. <laughs> uh, I I really like Who's Johnny. I think it's a wonderful song, and I just I want to hear it in its original form as much as possible. So, should there be <laughs> a reboot, I want the the OG. Um, so what I was thinking is that like you were saying is that the you know the genders don't matter but also it's like you know the race doesn't matter either and no. uh, oh yeah and that uh, the conversation that Aziz Ansari had with Fisher Stevens resulted in him saying like you know should there ever be a reboot then it should be played that character should be played by somebody of south asian descent but my feeling and this is coming from somebody who is white. Uh, so that's my like, Hey, I'm, you know, I don't have as much say as somebody who was actually South Asian would have, but why can't it be the main character? Why can't it be, you know, the Ali Sheedy role, you know, like, or the Mindy Kaling or, or somebody. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, it's Mindy like, Kaling would be awesome. I think so too. Oh, it's a great idea. Um, anyway, (laughs) I feel like we're, so anyway, um, so there was a sequel to Short Circuit, Short Circuit 2, um, celebrated its 20th anniversary last year. I was surprised there was no re-release, no IMAX remaster, (laughs) um, really disappointed about that. Yeah. And, uh, you might remember this one as the one where, uh, the robot wears a little bandana. So that's (laughs) cute. Yeah. Johnny Five joins the Bloods. Um... Or Los Los Locos? Los Locos. Los Locos. Yeah. yeah, so the funny thing about Short Circuit 2, and I'll confess to not having rewatched it, but just looking at the IMDB stuff on it. Um, so Short Circuit 2, it, it it's not, it's never 100% clear as to where it takes place, but they imply like three different settings, like New York, I think Toronto where it was filmed, and like there's another city that they make reference, like St. Louis, I think. Oh yeah. That they, that, that like, it's never, you're never quite sure. And I was thinking about it and I was like, I always thought it took place in New York, but that's only because Michael McKeon like does like the, the, like the New York accent in it. And, and I mean, Michael McKeon is just excellent in general. So he's of course this movie, this movie would be just worth watching, uh, on its own. And uh, celebrated. <laughs> we should at <laughs> but, least celebrate uh, the career of Michael McKean. Yes. So, um, I mean, 
Short Circuit 2, I feel like, and this is just, just my opinion on this, I feel like if there was to be a sequel, I kind of w- would prefer that it erased the history of Short Circuit 2, if just possible. Give, well, I mean, because Short, Short Circuit 2, re- all it really was, was, okay, let's take the two things that got the most laughs in the original, Johnny Five and Ben. And let's take that, let's do a little fish out of water story and let's put him in the big city and let's see how confused, like, let's see how much Ben's, like, you know, uh, spotty English, how much trouble it gets them into. And so it, um, it almost like, it almost like takes the, the, that like kind of uh, element about the first one when you go back and watch it and uh, like blows it up. I'm also surprised that you didn't say Fisher out of water. Oh, I don't, I'm off my game, but here we are. Um, This is why we're, this is why we're doing this. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun movie, but it's not worth preserving. No, I, I actually, (laughs) you know, I mean, short circuit or short circuit two. short circuit two. Oh, short circuit two. I don't even remember enjoying that. And I was like 11 when I saw it. So. Right, because it's like just thinking about things from a 2019 lens. Yes, Ben's character is already just like, ooh, no, no, no. But like, I don't know, the Latino gang. Oh. I don't know if that's, you know, such a such a hot idea. I just kind of want to erase Short Circuit 2 and uh, either start fresh or pick up where we left off. Oh uh, Short you know, Circuit in- 2. Short Circuit 2 could be one of the most racially insensitive films of all time. Bold, bold claim. I mean, it very well could be. I don't know. I mean, it could, it could uh, be. It also yeah, could not be. Right. Those are... Um, but <laughs> way to take a stance. Yeah, no, you know, I'm running for office. Um, yeah. So, but actually, so my stance on Short Circuit, on like the question of sequel or just like, this is an idea that we go back to the drawing board with. I say, let's, I, I say, go back to the drawing board with it. I, I agree. Think you've got a, you, you've got a core story that could really, like you said, the character of Stephanie would fit in pretty much the way she is in 2019. Um, the idea of robot soldiers is something that has actually been in the news. Um, and there's been some, you know, uh, you know, reporting on the innovation of that. But I, we, I think drones, yeah, would. When I see uh, a, a reboot of Short Circuit, which by the way should be titled Short Circuit Rebooted, <laughs> because computers, because computers, I like it a lot. I so. Okay, in the original short circuit, um, number five gets struck by lightning, and that's how uh, it achieves sentience. Uh, so, I mean, drones are even more susceptible to such a thing. Yeah. They are in the sky. Exactly. That's where you the lightning a, is. You have a military drone, and, you know, there's, and there's a, a lot of controversy around the use of drones, so you have a military drone, a, a flying killing machine, gets struck by lightning and <laughs> turns into so, Johnny Five. <laughs> so this is 
the original short circuit, you know, it's essentially an action comedy. And the action is mostly in car chases where a robot's driving the car. But uh, would you want a reboot to still have those comedic elements to it? Or would you want it to be a little bit more serious? Or does it have to be comedic? Because that's really the only reason for making this movie. Otherwise, it's just no fun. I mean, I think it should be comedic and I think it should be like a family. I'm, I'm picturing, you know, like a family film. Like I'm thinking, what if, what if Stephanie is a I mean, single mom and, you know, she's with her kid. There's, she's, you know, struggling, getting over, you know, cause in, in the original, uh, Stephanie's got her abusive ex-boyfriend. Yes. Um, like throws her on the ground in the front lawn of her house. Um, and tries to like take her dog for medical testing. So not that we have to have like the cartoonish villain like X, but you could have Stephanie be this, you know, she's a single mom um, and she's very devoted to her principles, um, which means she doesn't necessarily do work that makes her the most money, but she they make enough to get by. Um, I would even have her be like, you know, very anti-technology in the house. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like maybe the kid comes home and has like a, like a cell phone and be like, Oh, my friend got a new iPhone and gave me their old one. And she like throws it, she like throws it away. And then of course, later on, Johnny, Johnny five, the drone version of Johnny five finds it and does something with it. Um, (laughs) But I'm just, I'm imagining kind of the, this, you know, this character who, who kind of shuns technology and embraces, you know, coming back to nature, goes to, goes to the like, you know, protests, um, you know, for, for, you know, climate change reform and, um, you know, does all of these things that are very 2019, but then you have this, um, you have this this drone <laughs> that that shows up and it's and this is where I'm I'm thinking a little crossover because I keep picturing the little flying robots from batteries not included. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but 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 this would have this would be a drone, it would have a voice, and it wouldn't be like the robotic Johnny Five voice, like a Siri voice almost. So you you're casting for the voice of of Johnny, and it doesn't have to be Johnny Five. It could be Jenny Five. It could be anything. I, um, maybe it's uh, maybe it's the voice of Scarlett Johansson, and it's the same universe as her. Oh, and 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 <laughs> the kid falls in love with the, <laughs> the drama. Yeah, yeah. Um, is the kid played by Joaquin Phoenix or yes. going as Leaf Phoenix? Absolutely, yes. Oh man, yes. We gotta add. We gotta add. Do we have that on the list? It, it, it like it's not written there. Parenthood. We're talking about the movie Parenthood. Oh, are you? Oh, are you I was about? actually thinking of Space Camp. Oh, Space Camp. Of course. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the other Leaf Phoenix Jam. Yes. Yes. Before his rebirth into Joaquin. Um. Anyway, back to Short Circuit. <laughs> we should have a so, like. Game, how many times do we say that? Yeah, right. Now back to short circuit, what we're really talking about here. Um, so, okay, 
we've got the drone idea, which I really love. Uh, it achieves sentience. It's, uh, I mean, or I mean, just thinking about the movie Her, where it's an operating system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, there's, it's not unreasonable to think that it would have, you know, a drone would have that kind of operating system to begin with. Mm-hmm. Depending on what year this takes place or how it's done, but maybe it does have some sort of Siri-like capabilities. Not not saying that it's um, performing the same functions that Siri would do, because this is a a machine that <laughs> bombs uh, villages. Right. So, but if um, so, considering all right, so it's a drone and it, it's going to be outfitted, I'm sure, with like a wife, like Wi-Fi. And I'm just imagining all of the things that like once this drone is kind of I'm imagining that lightning kind of releases the like this is your sole function wiring and kind of says like, hey, you're just you're free. And I'm imagining like the drone kind of like surfing, surfing the Internet and downloading things and input into its yes input need input <laughs> i mean yeah you could keep honestly you could keep a lot the same um but you could have it just like downloading downloading you could you could throw in a lot of references to other things and have like right. sound sound bites um it could even uh, still be the three stooges exactly it could be the three stooges or it could, you know, it could be two and a half men. I don't know. Um, oh geez. <laughs> yeah. No matter when. Um, so another, um, another idea, and this isn't my idea, but I was reading an interview with Austin Pendleton who plays the head of, of Nova labs in the original right, short right. circuit. And he was talking about the original screenplay and he was kind of, he was, you know, criticizing the casting um, of it, which apparently was the studio's call to cast uh, Steve Gutenberg and Ali Sheedy. Um, but one comment he made was that, and you, you get a hint of this in it, is that Steve Gutenberg's character, Newton Crosby, um, well, they say he hasn't been like outside in five years. Um, and he's got like these awkward, I you know, this awkward sense of human interaction and I think, I think it might be worth exploring, like, you know, is, is Newton Crosby's character, like, is this a character on, on the autism spectrum? Huh. And how could, like, can, like, let's have a male lead character who is on the autism spectrum. I like I'm not that. Saying, I'm not saying that every shut-in, like, program designer, like, has to be a... Uh, on the spectrum, but based on that description, it just made me, it just made me think like, of like sometimes, you know, I, I, for those who, who don't know, I'm, I teach high school and I've had kids on the spectrum and they, um, can really see things, you know, based on where they are, they can tend to see things from very unique angles and perspectives right. and come up with ideas that, um, you know, that the, that, you know, the rest of us aren't seeing as plainly as they are. So I feel like in designing this like revolutionary groundbreaking type of, you know, drone software, 
I mean, I think it would make sense. And I feel like it, I, I would also, I would just like to see this, a romance between, you know, two, two people who do, don't necessarily interact with others the way that, you know, quote unquote, mainstream society does. Or maybe it's not even a romance, just a friendship. A brom, a bromance. No. Um, it could be, it could be a friendship. It, it, could, I mean, it could be anything that's yeah. kind of not, I mean, like the romantic aspect of the movie is nice, but like, you know, they're, they're not really it's, together for most of the movie. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing about the movie is that they meet and then the next day they're talking about moving to Montana together. That's true. Well, you know, <laughs> extreme, what is it they say in, in speed about, you know, extreme circumstances? I don't know. We'll find out when we get to speed. When we talk about speed. Yeah, of course. <laughs> God, talk about another movie with a terrible sequel. Um, another day. Yeah. So back, back to Short Circuit. Um, back, I, you, there we go. Take a drink. So, and I was thinking about, I was thinking about like some sequences and like, what can you really do now that you couldn't do then? And I was, I was thinking about the sequence where Johnny takes on the other military robots and I mean, not that I'm, I'm encouraging further indulgence of like the 3d trend, but if right. this was done in 3d, uh, uh, a flying drone skirmish, it could yeah. be pretty cool. What was also pretty cool about the original short circuit and that, you know, robot battle is that each one did have its own personality you know, even before he turned them into the Three Stooges, reprogramming them. Uh, yes. But they they did. And it's impressive that they were able to take these robot puppets, essentially, and really give them all these different personalities. Even though they're only on screen very briefly, you get mm -hmm. a sense of what each one is like. So credit to the uh, the puppeteers and the design team on the original Short Circuit. But... Uh, yeah, that would be a really well, cool uh, 3D experience. Yeah, and and by the way, credit to John Badham, uh, the director <laughs> of the original yeah. Short Circuit, because um, as I was reading, he he insisted first of all that the so the puppeteer who did who maneuvered Johnny Five did like this great robot voice, and Badham wanted right. the the interactions to be authentic. Tim Blaney. So, yeah, so he so Tim Blaney. Um, who was initially, I think, just going to be the puppeteer and was doing the voice as like to fill in and they would have someone dub it over later. Um, credit to John Badham for saying like, hey, this guy's got a great voice for the character and it adds to the authenticity. And I think it, it helps. It really helps make Johnny Five like a character, not just a talking robot. Yeah. And it's a pretty iconic voice. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, Johnny Five yeah. is alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, well, yes. So also credit to John Badham for uh, promoting one of his other movies, Saturday Night Fever, by yes. having it play uh, while they're dancing, which is just like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> that was such well, a crazy thing to do. The, that was, I mean, that was, that was fun. And like the Saturday Night Fever dance sequence is, is iconic. And I mean, I it mean, was yeah, I'm fun, sure. but knowing that he also directed Saturday Night Fever was a little eye yes. rolly. Um, actually, and I also. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I'm uh, yeah. I'm, uh, 
the fact that John Badham also made War Games. I was going to say War Games really is the more dramatic version of this, where it's the uh, the with the robot with Ali Sheedy, right? With Ali Sheedy, but this time Matthew Broderick is the robot. <laughs> yes. Oh no, he played a human in that. Um, wasn't Dabney <laughs> Coleman in that? You know, I feel like Dabney Coleman is in all of these movies, just like somewhere hidden. Spiritual. Uh, it just, <laughs> yeah. He's um, spiritually there. Um, Dabney Coleman is 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 great. So who would? So we started talking about casting before, and I loved your your suggestion of Mindy Kaling um, uh-huh. for Stephanie. I had been I had been thinking along the lines I. I was thinking like a Melissa McCarthy would be interesting, um, but it might be like not the right fit for her. I see, I yeah. see Mindy Kaling more. Well, I also, if we're going to stick with the kind of animal rescue person, mm-hmm. I don't know if I get that vibe from Melissa McCarthy. I mean, yeah, you could see her running a food truck and this is not, that's not a, you know, physicality. No, no, no. It's, but like she, it's a personality yeah. thing, you right. know, um, I could, I could just totally see that, but, uh, but I don't know. I mean, Melissa McCarthy is definitely adaptable. Uh, I don't know if you saw, uh, can you ever forgive me, but she not yet, but I can't oh, man. wait. She, that proved to me like maybe she can do anything. Well, I mean, also you'll get bridesmaids and it's just yeah. like, Holy cow. Um, But that's funny because what I was thinking for a director was actually Paul Feig. Paul Feig? And not just because he did the Ghostbusters reboot, but I just feel like he captures that, I don't know, that fun uh, ideology that could also be like a really cool movie, but also really fun. That just kind of family-friendly vibe. Family friendly, but also can, but also borderline edgy. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm, by the way, I'm, speaking of yeah. Paul Feig, we got to add Ski Patrol to the list. Oh God! How could we forget <laughs> Ski Patrol? It's a classic. Um, um, so Paul, so, yeah, Paul Feig. So some of Paul Feig's, I, I, I really like some of some of his films. I haven't seen the, his new one, which I heard was really good. The, uh, oh, Simple, Simple Favor. Favor? Yeah. yeah. Um, I've heard really good things about that. I I thought Spy was fantastic. Yeah, I love Bride Bridesmaids. Um, yeah. So I think I mean Paul Feig kind of does the action comedy balance pretty well. Um, right. Heat. Heat. Uh, yeah. I didn't love it, but it's you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he it he's was capable. action comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he's he's definitely capable. I can't really. F- think of another director that I would do that I would like another name director that I think could really do something great with this. I'm kind of, um, I'd be kind of curious to see like uh, the Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg version, but the problem is you really can't have any weed in this. Um, if you're going to gear it towards (laughs) families, um, and even though it's it's perfectly legal in Oregon, but you're still not family friendly. Um, so yeah, I, I'm yeah, trying I, to think of other directors who really do the action comedy thing um, and do it well. Yeah, but you I know, know I who think, are yeah, active I, right now. 
What's that? Oh, who are active. Uh, I'm just saying who are active right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, there's so many, there, I mean, there's there so many, I feel like there's a lot of new voices as far as like film directors go. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot, like, you know, when Short Circuit was made, I feel like it was like, okay, so you're doing action comedy, so you're going to have John Badham or Richard Donner or, you know, you kind of had the same names doing the big movies. Right. And now, I mean, there's, I feel like with the Marvel franchise, you have a lot of new directors and Fast and Furious, a lot of directors coming. I think a Fast and the Furious director for this, I'd be worried about it going too extreme to the action. You know who I think might actually be kind of fun for this? And I apologize if I'm totally butchering the name, but uh, Nima Norizada, who did um, American Ultra and Project X. Hmm. I feel like he could be kind of good for this. I don't know if you saw... Um, American Ultra, but it's pretty much an action comedy. Is that the one with Jesse Eisenberg and yeah, Kristen, Kristen Stewart? Stewart. I, think, I think I started well, watching it. And, and it's it's written by Max Landis, John Landis's hmm. son, and he has a really interesting voice. Uh, I don't know if you saw uh, Mr. Right, but it's another kind of comedic action-y movie uh, reminds me of something that's a little more Shane Blackie. Mm-hmm. Um, what about James Gunn? Like, sure. <laughs> Why not? I'm so, sorry to interrupt, <laughs> but I just thought of it. No, and didn't you're want not interrupting it. at all. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, James, he, he's, he's on the market. Um, I mean, I'm sure he's got a new yeah. project. No, I'm, oh, I'm sure James yeah. Gunn was snapped up. Um, but like I think he's a really interesting director. I like what he does visually. Um, I I liked um, Super very much, mm. and you know yeah. he's done a great job with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I actually really enjoyed Slither. Right, Slither. I thought that was I a mean, lot of I, fun. I always enjoyed his uh, work with Troma back in the day. Oh. Um, I don't know if he. Did he direct? I know he wrote like Tromeo and Juliet and uh some of the other some of the other weirder ones. Oh, I, I can't remember. Hmm. I anyway. did not know that. Oh yeah. See, you learn you learn something new every day. Interesting guy. Been around yeah. for a long time. So, so um so yeah, we are we are fully rebooting this. It is happening. We are <laughs> switching characters <laughs> you know races around it's all crazy but we don't need to the character so i mean in short circuit really the characters are pretty secondary to the right. to the plot um i would say the the stephanie character is your you're right that's the anchor of of the film there and you need to get someone strong in that role who would you cast yeah. as newton crosby newton crosby uh, I just had somebody in mind. Oh, Sam Rockwell. Oh, okay. Sam Rockwell. I think he'd be good. He's, I feel like he has a Gutenbergy vibe to him where he's like a, a competent idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah, he does. He plays that 
that really well. I loved him in in uh, Three Billboards. Oh yeah, I mean, I think he's great. And everything, in pretty much else everything he does. Um, yeah, but also um, he just has like uh, a great way of moving through the world, and I could see him totally, especially if we're going to be you know, having a character who is a shut-in who hasn't been outside for five years, you know, mm-hmm. I could totally see him pulling off that kind of role. Yep, definitely. Um, what's interesting is when we were talking about, you know, the, the race and the ethnicity, and so why does the sidekick have to be South Asian? Um, right. And I, I was thinking like, um, oh, I'm going to butcher his name, Kumail Nanjiani. Oh, Nanjiani. Yeah. I mean, he's so charismatic and... Yeah. I th- I love his sense of humor. I love his his delivery. Um, I I think he would um, bring a lot to the role that wasn't already there. Right. Except if there's uh, in the new script a moment where um, the Newton Crosby character is talking about uh, almost touching hands with the uh, Stephanie character. Uh, if we can just omit the line about having a Woody, that would be great. Yes, that was done. very uncomfortable for just so many reasons. Uh, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the whole the the character of Ben can it can either really be changed or just gotten rid of. I mean, it's a scientist. It's a computer programmer. I see like Paul Giamatti. You know, like somebody. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be someone in that same like age range. You know, it's just somebody I mean, who ben works just, with. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Just somebody who works with Newton. That's it. Yeah. Or what if you got rid of, what if you got rid of the Newton character and just had Ben be the main character? I mean, it is, it is good to have someone for the other one to kind of play off of. If you are going to keep the same type of vibe that was in the original. Um, So Paul Giamatti as the, uh. As as the sidekick as Ben, I think I think so. Or even maybe as the uh, G.W. Bailey character, uh, Scroder is that what it was? Scroder specifically yeah. so they could make the scrotum joke, which power to them. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's commitment to one joke. Yeah, um, seriously. Yeah, uh, I, you know I, I would love to see Ed Harris. <laughs> Ed Harris would be great. Just in general, I'd love to see Ed Harris, but... Well, that's basically his role from uh, The Rock. You know, it's his character from The Rock. Maybe it's a crossover. Okay, yeah. Yeah. If we're doing... Um, Although, yeah. Uh, Another one that... Or just have G.W. Bailey come back. He's still um, kicking around, right? Well, he was on that... He was on the show with uh, Kira Sedgwick for a while, and I think he's on the spinoff of it. Hmm? The Closer? Is that the one? Yes. Yes. So, yeah, he's still around. Why? I mean, G.W. Bailey, go back to your roots. Do your G.W. Bailey thing. I mean, if he'd be willing to do it, that would be my first choice. Okay. G.W. Bailey with a bulldog to bring in his character from Mannequin. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, my God, what's the actor who plays Proctor? Oh, Lance Kinsey. Lance Kinsey have Lance Kinsey in there too. And it's just like a little GW Bailey salad, like the greatest hits. We just call him Proctor. I mean, <laughs> I, I would pay just to hear GW Bailey going Proctor. Yeah. Move it, move it. All right. Yeah. 
Police Academy for another time, for another show, for another <laughs> series. Yeah, um, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We, we, we have a bit of a Police Academy problem, and it's something that you're just going to have to... We'll deal with it. You deal with it. Um. <laughs> um, I'm looking through my notes to see if there's anything that we didn't uh, didn't touch on. Uh, yeah. Apparently, in 1990, there was a script for Short Circuit Three that was never made. Uh, obviously, um, mm. I guess in '89 it got tossed around, which would be right after Short Circuit Two, and then it was it had rewrites in '90, but just never was. I think the studio just didn't think it was good enough, which is crazy because they released Short Circuit Two, so. Their standards must have been pretty low. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, according to Variety, in April of 2008, Dimension Films bought the rights to make a third short circuit um, in which the plot would involve a boy from a broken family meeting and befriending number five. Uh, it remains unclear, however, if this movie will be a sequel of the first two movies or a remake of this movie. That was from IMDb Trivia. Um, interesting. So, boy from a broken home. Um, well, let's. I'm just curious though, because if Dimension Films has the rights, what other what other films do they release? Scream. Um, that's true. Um, I think that was their first. Yes. Dimension Films is kind of, it, it, Dimension Films is like the the horror and action movie branch of yeah of what Amityville was horror, right? Um, Grindhouse, the Scream movies, Reindeer Games, yeah, Brothers Grimm, uh, not all that much, not all that much, but memorable ones. Yeah, From Dust Till Dawn, I think, was a Dimension film. Oh yeah, I yes. I could see that. Um, so anyway, I don't. Are they still around? Dimension. I guess so yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know who's running Dimension at this point, but they're probably still around. So I'm just, I'm looking at my notes because I was just taking some notes while watching with Steve Gutenberg does not deal well with authority, or at least his characters don't. Um, so I was thinking about like the different, like, so how would, um, like, how would this reboot incorporate, um, you know, modern technology other than, you know, Wi-Fi and downloads and what we already talked about, like um, drones. Yeah. Would the drones be using, you know, EMP weapons, um, you know, electromagnetic pulses? Um, They're powered by unobtainium. It's in the Avatar universe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, what other notes? I have some other notes in here. Oh, I want to see G.W. Bailey do Shakespeare. That's just, that's a side <laughs> thing. Um, uh, it always, I, it, with actors like him, it just always amuses me to think some, at some point in his career, he's done Shakespeare. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so one one note that I did make is that there was a joke that made me audibly laugh. And it was when... Um, What's what's the name? Uh, Howard, whatever the guy who runs Nova Laboratories oh, yeah. tells Steve Gutenberg's character, like, bring him back, stat, and he goes, "What does that mean anyway?" And he goes, "I don't know." And they're like, kind of yelling at each other. And yeah. I just love that. It's like well, that- a total throwaway moment that I just was really tickled by. Total props to Austin Pendleton. That guy is a character. He makes every movie a little bit better because he's in it. He's wonderful. 
what else was he in? My cousin, I think of him as my right, cousin, my cousin Vinny. Vinny. He's the public defender in My Cousin Vinny. Right. Um, he pops up in so much. Let's see. Recently, he wasn't in anything that was... Uh, he was a voice in Finding Dory and Finding Nemo. Um, showed up on a few not. TV shows. He's been doing stuff, just nothing super big. So... Keep on keeping on, man. You're doing right. great. He, he was in the Muppet movie. Um, right. And I like, I just, I remember like pr- almost any movie you'd see in like the eighties or nineties, he'd pop up in there. Wall Street or Wall Street oh, yeah. 2. Yeah. yeah. I know, I'm just going through his IMDB and, and yeah, like th- this man has done a lot of work. <laughs> well, I feel like we, uh, have pretty much concluded this movie's being remade. We we have a good list of potential stars, directors. Uh, we know Dimension Films, you know, you're out there, you're listening. Well, how about this? Dimension Films works with, uh, has worked with Tarantino a bit. What about a Tarantino version of Short Circuit? Um, so family friendly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, right. I, I mean, I would, I would love to, Samuel L. Jackson would voice Johnny Five. Oh my God. That'd be amazing. <laughs> um, no, but it, it, so Dimension Films, this reboot could be your reboot. You could get back <laughs> into the game with this. This could be your, your, your 21st century scream. There right you here. go. There you go. Short Circuit, rebooted. Rebooted. Uh, so uh, l- why don't we tell people what the next episode is going to be in case they want to follow along with us? You're looking at me like you have no (laughs) idea what it's going to be, but uh, we were trying to decide whether this first episode should be Short Circuit or Weekend at Bernie's. So I feel like Weekend at Bernie's Bernie's is going to be our next one. Um, Another one with a truly bizarre sequel. And it's one that people... You look perplexed. I'm remembering like the voodoo conga dance at the end or whatever. That's all I remember from that. We will talk about this next time, but it is a bananas sequel. Uh, so Weekend at Bernie's, uh, I already have so many thoughts about it. I can't wait to talk about it next time. Um, we are on Instagram, which is um, Ruined Childhoods Pod on Instagram. And, uh, you know, check it out there. We will post things relevant to uh this episode and future episodes. Um, you can email us, uh, ruin childhoods pod at gmail.com. If you have thoughts about short circuit or weekend at Bernie's and, yes. uh, we'll definitely address those on the next episode. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Dan got anything else? No, that that's, that's it. For, oh, so one, one final thought, just supporting okay. the transition from robot to drone is I'm afraid any contemporary audience, especially kids would look at short circuit and say, oh, they ripped off Wally. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> and yeah. And, and damn it. Wally is the ripoff. Understand that. And those are your final thoughts on short and that's circuit. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> okay, well, uh, thank you, Evan, for listening, and uh, can't wait till next time. All right, y'all have a lovely day now. 